Hi, my name is Adam, and this is the Foster Adoption Podcast, a resource for people who are interested in growing their family by adopting children from foster care. The night before court will always be imprinted on my brain. We alternate same prayers each night, and that was my night, the night before court. I started to tear up at the beginning of the prayer, and it was clear that I wasn't going to make it all the way through. So Matt, being the strongest person in the world, took over and said a beautiful prayer. I'd never cried in front of the boys before, but this time I didn't hold back. I was bawling as I kissed them goodnight. I wanted them to know that they were worth crying over. They were worth agonizing over, and that no matter what happened tomorrow, that we will always love them and care about them. We then closed the door and broke down. We couldn't bear the thought that this could be our last time putting them to bed. The next day would bring a decision that would determine the rest of our boys' lives. A judge would be deciding whether they would continue on the adoption path or if they would move in with their birth grandma. By the next morning, we gathered ourselves, we had a fun morning with the boys, and dropped them off at school. We thankfully didn't have to take them to court this time, which automatically made it a lot more of a manageable experience. This would be Matt's first time in court, though. It was so much better to be able to go through the experience together, and our agency caseworker even joined us in the court waiting room. This time, they told us an actual time to be there, 10 o'clock a.m., But trust me, that didn't mean that we would be seen at 10 o'clock. That was just when they wanted everyone to be checked in by. So we arrived and checked in with the bailiff. We saw the birth mom and birth grandma, and we politely acknowledged them and then sat down separately. We waited, waited, and waited some more. I guess my best advice for the court waiting room is to approach it like a jury duty waiting room. Bring things to occupy your mind and your stomach. Put yourself in a frame of mind that you're going to be waiting until the very end of the day, so you can hopefully be surprised by getting in earlier. The waiting room is a huge area in the center of probably a dozen doors to different courtrooms. Each courtroom has a bailiff and judge and different lawyers and lots of activity. So throughout the day, lawyers and bailiffs step out of their room and yell someone's name, either to tell them something or to bring them into court. So we always had an eye on our courtroom door. When it would open, our ears would perk up in anticipation to hear a name related to our case. So early in the morning, a lawyer opened the door and yelled our son's last name, followed by paternal grandmother. We said, oh, they're mistaken. They must have meant uh, maternal grandmother. Suddenly, these two women stand up and go talk to her. We're completely confounded. Who are they? They were sitting close to the birth mom and birth grandma, but there's so many people in this waiting room, it's impossible to know who is with who. We're perplexed. Is that our boy's paternal grandmother and aunt, maybe? I don't know. Why are they here? We didn't even know they existed. What's going on? Isn't that, it's just so fascinating. And if you think that's fascinating, just wait, because about an hour later, 
Our courtroom door opens, and the same lawyer yells our son's birth father's name. Our heads whipped around. Surely, surely, surely they're mistaken in just calling it out just as a matter of record to make sure he isn't here, right? Right? The birth father hasn't been a part of our equation at all. No visits, no phone calls. Boys haven't seen him in years. There is no chance that he is here. A man stands up. Our mouths dropped. Were we looking at our son's birth father? Here is now every thought that I had in that moment. Oh my God, that's him. That is him. I need to take a picture. I can't take a picture. They won't let me take a picture. I have to take a picture when the boys are teenagers and they're asking questions about why there isn't a picture of their birth father in their life book, I can't tell them that I had a chance to take a picture and I didn't. But what if someone catches me? It is a big no-no to take a picture in this waiting room. <sighs> well, I don't know if it's like an actual rule, but it's so uncouth, right? Like, maybe I can take a picture from here. He's like 50 feet away, though. The picture wouldn't turn out. Maybe I could get closer. By the time I figured it all out in my head, the birth father and the lawyer were completely out of view. I was immediately distraught that I didn't get a picture for the boys, but I at least knew that his face and what he was wearing were forever embedded in my mind, and I will at least be able to tell the boys that someday, I guess. Ugh, I wish I would have gotten a picture. It haunts me to this day. Anyway, suddenly we knew that there were now all of these people sitting over there who were just as anxious as we were for this court hearing. We thought of going over and introducing ourselves, letting them know how happy the boys are and how well they'll be taken care of, that we will dedicate our lives to making them happy and healthy. Ugh, we didn't. It just seemed arrogant and inappropriate didn't seem like it would go over well meanwhile the time is ticking we aren't hearing our case be called we wanted to be called in before lunch because we knew that's when our agency worker needed to leave at lunchtime and we really wanted her there with us the courtroom door opens everyone walks out it was time for the lunch break this means that we needed to kill an hour and a half until we even had a chance to be called in. If you don't get called in until after lunch, it's worrisome because you start to think, what if they don't make it to you and you have to come in the next day or reschedule for months down the road? I don't think we could have waited for more months. We had it in our heart to have this resolved today. So we go to the court lunchroom in the basement and we get lunch. They only accept cash because it's like 1993 there or something. But luckily we add cash, bring cash, bring just bring cash when you're going to court. I don't know. I assume it's different everywhere, but we had to pay for parking in cash. We had to pay uh, for food in cash. Just bring cash. Um, we, we didn't want to leave the building. It, this court is in a food desert where there's no way. We're leaving the building and getting into our car and eating and then coming back to find parking again and go through security again. It just, 
we needed to just stay there. So we ate in the cafeteria and so did some members of the birth family. The birth father wasn't there, so we didn't know if he had left for the day or if he was just eating somewhere else. I still couldn't get my picture. But for the people who were there, we would give a polite smile when we saw them. But our seats were far enough away for them to have privacy and for us to have privacy. Anyway, we finished lunch. We go back to the waiting area. By this time, things have thinned out in the waiting room a little bit. So we get seats with a direct view of the courtroom door so we can stare at it and will it to open with our minds. Open, open, open. We still waited, though. I felt like I aged 10 years in that waiting room. I was just getting so impatient. Finally, a little after 2.30 p.m., they call all parties for our case. (sighs) Game time. We leap out of our seats and walk into the courtroom. If you remember my description of the courtroom for the last court episode, there was only one row in the very back of the room for people to sit. So the birth mom and birth dad go to their seats in the front by their lawyers, and the rest of the birth family goes in, and they take up most of this back row, and we have to find seats in between them on this row. Not ideal. But we are only seated for a second before the judge, who was obviously displeased, says, nope, way too many people in here. Everyone needs to wait in the waiting room. Sorry, what? What now? The bailiff, who again is super cool, says, Yeah, but the foster parents can stay though, right? Thanks, bailiff. You're cool. Judge says, Nope. Everyone out except the birth mom and birth dad. Oh my goodness. We were incredulous. Everything has been building up to this moment that is going to decide the rest of our lives and the rest of our boys' lives, and we don't even get to be there for it? So don't fret as you are listening to this. I'm yet to find anyone else in this situation. I think most people get to stay. Everyone we told about this was completely shocked. Our caseworkers all were like, what? You didn't even get to see? You didn't get to be in the room? So, oh boy. But we go and we sit in the waiting room again and we're just filled with every emotion and completely numb all at the same time time moved by so slow they were probably in there for 10 minutes but it felt like a lifetime i was beside myself i felt like the bottom of the ninth inning of game seven of the world series was going on in that room and i couldn't even listen to it on the radio let alone see it with my own eyes we are overly analytical people so we spent the whole time trying to figure out what was going on and deciphering clues the birth grandma wasn't in the room either and we thought that was perhaps an indication that they weren't going in to go in that direction but we of course really didn't know anything to be sure i was just so confused because the county lawyer had said that she was going to call me to the stand to testify so I had memorized our birth mom contact log to be able to recite it, the days and times where she had visited or called. And I didn't know why we weren't in the room where it happened. The door opens. We hold our breath to see who's there. It's the birth mom 
She's crying. We still don't know. Are they tears of joy? Tears of sadness? The bailiff calls our names. We cautiously walk over to learn the fate of our boys, the fate of the rest of our life. Felt like we were walking over there in slow motion while the earth stood still. As we approach the door, the bailiff steals the climax of the story. He whispers to us, the judge terminated parental rights. The boys are cleared for adoption. Congratulations. Oh my goodness. We hear this whisper as the birth mom is five feet behind us crying and the birth dad is in this little room next to us listening to his lawyer. Any visible reaction of anything would be wildly inappropriate. So we must have just had the largest blank stare of shock we've ever experienced. I wanted to scream in emotion, but our faces remained stoic. We continue walking into court and sit in the back row. The judge very matter-of-factly says, Parental rights have been terminated. Adam and Matt are now the pre-adoptive parents. They have complete educational rights, and we will have another court date in six months to review. That's it. That's all she said. So many important words in such a small, small sentence. The course of our family's future all summed up in a few short words. It was over. We exited the courtroom and again as we passed the entire birth family, we tried to not have any reaction on our face. The boy's lawyer was on vacation, so... Another lawyer from the office was with us to explain everything to us. Everything was such a blur. I remember asking why we didn't get de facto parenting status, and he chuckled and said, uh, you got a lot more than de facto. You're now the official pre-adoptive parents. I didn't know what that meant. I asked, does that mean we could have a lawyer for court now? And he said, sure, but you don't need one. You need a lawyer to finish your adoption papers. It felt like we were being told that we were in the end zone and that we should celebrate, but our minds were so used to not reacting to things, we still felt like we were on the 30-yard line with a long way to go. Which we did, in a way. P.S. I'm a big sports fan. Sorry for all of the sports analogies. The lawyer said, we could finalize the adoption very quickly if there's no appeal, but even though there aren't any grounds for an appeal, there almost always is an appeal. So in that case, it could take about a year. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so it could either happen immediately or in a year. It's basically what we were told. And this was the very first of many very, very different timelines that we were told about for appeals. And we will cover that entire process and what happened next in a later episode. But for now, it was time to take a deep breath and recenter. We waited for the birth family to leave so we didn't have to share an elevator with them. Part of me wanted to, though. Part of me wanted to go to the birth mom and tell her that we would do our best to give the boys every tool to be successful and happy in life. But it just seemed like the worst possible time. I looked at the birth mom, and she was still crying. I had so many feelings. 
so much sadness. I couldn't imagine her situation. I couldn't imagine what it's like. I wanted to make it better, but then I realized that the way that we're going to make it better is by knowing that we're going to do everything we can to make sure that these boys have the best life possible. And I just, I didn't know how hard it would be for what she's going through. I can't even imagine. I didn't know. There's so much I didn't know. But what I did know was that there were two innocent young children who deserved every chance at a good life. And the court system has decided that we are the people who are tasked with dedicating every day to make their life better. And we will do everything we can to make sure we were up to the task. We got in the car and exhaled. We were beyond drained. We began to call and text our loved ones. We picked up the boys and my eyes teared up again. There they were. They looked so happy, so adjusted, so carefree. This hurdle had been cleared. We told the boys that the court said we get to adopt them and they get to live here forever. They were excited. We were excited. All of our collective futures looked bright. Thanks so much for listening. We would love to hear your reaction or questions from this episode and any other episode. Visit us on Facebook at Foster Adoption Podcast or comment at fosteradoption.org. Also, if you like what we're doing, please leave a quick review on iTunes so more people can find us. We will come back soon with a very special 20th episode that is going to be really fun and really, really important. So thanks again. Mm -hmm.